This is Sammy Reinstein, and you're listening to Conversation Starters. On this show, we talk all about bringing conversations back to B2B marketing and selling. Because if there's one thing we know about doing business in the revenue era, it's that the best customer experience wins. Through the power of our own conversations with drifters, customers, and special guests, we'll learn how to deliver a sales and marketing experience that puts the buyer first. Let's get into it. Welcome to Conversation Starters. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, Sammy. How you doing? I'm doing great. Always a great day when we're in the studio. I love being in the studio. It's my happy place. And I'm very excited about our interview today. Yes, a returning podcast guest, actually, previously on the Growth Podcast with Matt Bellotti, and now coming back for Conversation Starters. We are interviewing today Guy Leaf, who is the CEO and co-founder of Intellimize. And Intellimize is a platform that drives more conversions with personalized marketing and website optimization. So we can all learn a thing or two always about websites and creating more personalized experiences. Yeah, I'm really excited for this episode. Intellimize is a customer of ours. We are a customer of Intellimize. And having sat on the creative team before, I've worked closely with Jess McCormick, who is our main point of contact, optimizing the website. And she has learned so much from Intellimize. So thank you, Jess, for making this connection. And I'm excited to hear what he has to say and what we can all learn about making our website more conversational. So let's get into it. Hi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We gave the audience a little bit of an intro on who you are and Intellimize. But from you, we would love to hear an intro and a little background on Intellimize. Sammy, thanks for having me. My name is Guy Leaf. I'm co-founder and CEO of Intellimize. Intellimize intelligently optimizes websites. We combine marketers' best ideas with our machine learning to personalize websites for each unique visitor in the moment to drive more revenue, more leads to sales, or more customers. You asked why we started? We watch marketers spending 120 billion dollars every year just in the U.S. to drive traffic to their website and turn them into customers. But they fail to do so 98% of the time. Like in what world is that okay? How are I and every other marketer in the world not fired immediately? I was our target customer as a marketer for 10 years. I was a product person for 10 years before that and designed airplanes before that. And 15 of those years were in ad tech, which closely parallels what we're doing to personalized websites. My two co-founders, they were the two most senior engineers leading a several hundred person team that used ML at scale to personalize the Yahoo homepage for more than half a decade when it was the most popular page on the internet. We see marketers being increasingly data-driven, accountable for measurable business driving results and wanting to better engage their prospects. We also see us marketers personalizing experiences down to the individual in ads all the time. And so like, why forget all that When you hit your website, we believe the static, low-converting website is the biggest squandered opportunity in all of marketing, and we're creating personalized, high-converting, engaging websites that meet your visitors where they are in your funnel at the moment. That's amazing. Thank you for all of the context. I love what you said at the end there, you know, meeting your buyer where they are. We talk a lot about that at Drift2. And the reason it's so important nowadays is because I expect that as a consumer. 
And, you know, as a business person, I don't expect anything different nowadays. I expect a personalized experience. So going to that site and then having, you know, my needs met, it feels like a good experience. And I know that when I get a bad experience, that sticks out in my brain. So, you know, these days, all about making those personalized experience. So I'm going to toss you a question. When you hear that phrase, personalized website experience, what does that mean to you? Sammy, what you said resonates completely. As consumers, Netflix, Amazon, Yahoo, they all taught us to expect personalization. As marketers, we've actually been doing it out in the open for well over a decade, right? Like when Google and Facebook say, give me five ads, don't give me one. I'll figure out the right ad to show each person. I'll show the good ones more, the bad ones less, and I'll optimize for some goal you care about. That's personalization that's engaging down to the individual. We do the same in email. We do the same in other channels. Frankly, as a team, we were incredulous. Nobody had done this for websites. Yes, there were simple, like, if they look like this, show them that rules available. But we expect so much more out of our marketing channels. Like, why not the same out of our websites? So to me, a personalized website experience means that I see experiences and content that meet me where I am in your funnel based on who I am, be that a consumer, a buyer. The website should be more engaging, more relevant and useful to me. I'll then buy more as a result. And exactly as you said, Sammy... I kind of expect this now. Right, right. And of course, from that personalized content, personalized experience based on where I am in the funnel, we hope that that sparks a conversation with a salesperson or someone within the company. If I'm a customer, maybe it sparks uh, you know, a conversation with my account manager. So how do you think a website can be conversational to really spark those conversations? I humbly believe that conversational websites begin with customer intimacy. I suggest deeply understanding your target buyer. Understand how do they get promoted? How do they get their bonus? What are they measured on? What stresses them out? What's hard for them? Maybe listen to recorded calls with sales and customer success. Talk to your AEs and CSMs to understand the pain points they're hearing from prospects and customers. Go talk to customers and companies that you tried to sell but lost. Read your G2 reviews and more. Get close to your customers, listen to how they talk about the problems they face, and then map that to how you can solve important problems for them relevant to your offering. Walk a day in their shoes, understand things from their perspective, think like they do, and then to your point about creating a conversation, talk like they do. Use this understanding to create a website that speaks to them about the problems they feel they have using the words they use and do so differently for different segments, different funnel stages, even better I am, of course, biased towards adding (laughs) Drift to your site, but I like what you said, too, about listening to customer calls and really putting yourself in the shoes of the buyer, and that's going to make you more empathetic towards your buyer's challenges and your buyer's needs, and then hopefully you can incorporate that into what you put into your website and how you talk to those customers. I used to, when I was in customer success, go on Gong all the time and listen back to what I was saying. And sometimes I realized in the moment I would just totally, you know, not address something that they were saying. So going back and listening to really what they're saying is is very important. We use Gong as well and find it incredibly helpful, both for individual coaching and for the meta of like, whoa, hold on, that message did not land. Or to your point, they're expressing this pain, but we're talking over here. We should bring those together. Yeah. And speaking of a message potentially not landing, what do you think are some common mistakes that you see on a lot of websites today? We think a bunch of B2B websites go wrong today 
because that like we as marketers should meet every prospect where they are in their journey with us based on where they are. And all too often, we simply don't. You know, we'll personalize the experience in ads, email, et cetera, and then create a one-size-fits-all experience on our website or have a handful of rules for a handful of segments. Like, for example, how many of us marketers treat existing customers as if they were brand new prospects when they come to their website? I know I'm guilty of that. It's common sense not to do it, but practically we do. That and more, we think, are the biggest squandered opportunity in all of our marketing efforts. We shouldn't treat everyone the same because they're not the same. Another thought. How many of us change our ad targeting or messaging? Like that's all of us, 100% of us, right? That's part of the job. But then how many of us then adjust our website or our chatbots or our training for people staffing our chat accordingly, since we're now bringing different prospects or setting different expectations to the people we're bringing to our website? I'm guessing that answer is very few of us. And that leaves, we think, a lot of money on the table at best and hurts our brands at worst. So a great, relevant prospect experience, we think, is the fastest path to a conversion and that the static website, it's dead. It's not engaging. It's not conversational. And sometimes, you know, when I was building bots with customers, a lot of the times I thought that I was addressing those types of things and I was creating messaging that I was like, this is amazing. We're going to have such a high engagement rate. And then I put it on the site and I have to report back to them, ah, that didn't work exactly. We have to go back to the drawing board and A-B test. What do you think that people should do in those situations and you know, figuring out what the best experience is to give to someone? I love what you said. You let the data guide you, right? Like I think we as folks who are thinking about our prospects all day long, hopefully have good intuition and experience to have us try things that we think will work that are higher probability plays. But the reality is there aren't rules, right? If we knew every button color should be red, our jobs would be a lot simpler. There's a whole bunch of spend we'd optimize better, but there aren't, it is situational. It is down to the individual. And so the fact that you took the data, we're willing to say, okay, I was confident this will work. It didn't. Okay, now let me go iterate on that and try the next thing and the next thing. In my humble opinion, that's brilliant. That's exactly the iterative approach we should be taking in our ads, email, website, chat, and, what we found on websites different than ads, you know, having spent 15 years in ad tech, I figure most of the time we would say, this isn't working, let me go fix it. On websites, if you have something that is automatically showing good stuff more and starving bad stuff of traffic, you can spend less time on the bad stuff and go lean into the good stuff and go iterate on that. And so either way you're iterating, but where do you focus your attention? If you've got the right setup on your website, you can go lean into the things that are working and try to create more of that success. Let the data guide you. I am going to go to my whole team and repeat this and we're going to dive in because of course we know that we, we think about it, but then our egos can get in the way where we think, no, this is a great idea. But like you said, what are you yeah. <laughs> and like you said, every person is a person. It's down to the individual. So even though the, you know, data might say red and, you know, make this button color this, and then you try it on your site. It might not work. So, you know, letting the data guide you and trial and error. I love that. I'm really glad it resonates. And to your point, it's sometimes also hard, right? If some senior, highly paid person says, no, no, this is the way to do it, to be able to come back and say, thanks, we tried it. The data doesn't show that. In some environments, that's a really easy discussion. And in other environments, it's a really hard one. Yeah, creating that space where you can come and really try new things and experiment. That's one of the things I love about 
working at Drift is we're always encouraged to try new things and learn and fail forward, learn from those failures. Guy, I recently read a blog that you wrote, and it was really interesting, and it caught my eye, and you said that optimizing every step in the funnel is an approach you recommend over optimization for an end goal. And it really resonated with me because, of course, all of our end goals is booking the meeting or, you know, jumping right to that last step. But can you explain this approach and why it works better than optimizing for that end goal? Sure thing. This didn't come out of logicking our way there. It came out of practical experience and, frankly, battle scars. Like when we started the company, we thought, as I think most marketers do, I should optimize for the end goal, right? The business value is going to come from, as you said, the meeting or the buying of the product. This is common wisdom on websites and sometimes used in ads like CPA, cost per acquisition, do that too. However, when it comes to websites, we realized over time that we were wrong. Why? Because there are often steps further down in the funnel that have a much bigger impact on whether or not a prospect converts than any change you might make upstream. For example, let's say you have a 10-step sign-up flow for a credit card not unrealistic in financial services, and you're optimizing language on step one, the landing page, while the right CTA wording, let's pretend that's what you're optimizing, on that landing page might have a real impact on getting the prospect to start applying to go to step two. Step seven, you've got to enter your social security number or an e-commerce, you've got to go enter a credit card. That step later in the flow is much more decisive on the path to ultimate conversion. How did we discover this? we saw a lot of results that made no sense. We looked at that to continue with this example, CTA change on step one, and saw things that should have done well, didn't, and vice versa. Okay, part of that's data-driven marketing like we were talking about. But there was so much that we dug deeper and realized there's often little correlation between that change on step one and sign up on step 10, and came to discover when there are interim steps that have high-risk actions, that's actually the driver when they are there. And so that often matters more to reaching the ultimate conversion. So with that insight, we humbly suggest that in most situations, it's better to optimize each step in the funnel to get to the next. And the very natural next thing we hear and say to ourselves, frankly, as marketers is, aren't we pushing unqualified traffic further into the funnel just before, you know, before it ends up bouncing inevitably? It's important, we think, then to optimize every step in the funnel. Doing this approach just on one, yeah, you might be pushing a bubble of unqualified traffic down. Do this every step from beginning to end and measure end to end. We've seen that in general produce better business results for marketing teams, even though it's not where we thought we'd end up when we started. Yeah. It's interesting. It's kind of like you're building trust as you go, right? You're recommending the right thing for where they are. And by the time they get to that higher ask, they know that it's time to make that decision where they will be more likely to book that meeting. And I think we can take that lesson to email nurtures or to bot flows. You know, we can take that in so many directions. You have to be a trusted advisor before, you know, your buyer is just going to say, okay, yeah, I'll book that meeting, you know? 100% with you. And, you know, to show someone that when they're entering a credit card, really important to show them security, social proof, trust-related things. On step one, that may not be the right thing to show them. In that moment, you may want to inspire them or talk to them about the value of the offering. And so to your point, you're building trust for different needs at different stages in that funnel. That's so interesting. This brings us to the next question. I'm curious, since you've probably seen many, many websites that have been personalized with Intellimize, 
What is the best thing you've seen on a customer site that helps spark those conversations? That's a great question. We've seen a lot of creative ideas. The easiest, literally converse with your prospects. If you're not engaging them in the moment when they have interest in your offering, as expressed by the fact that they're on your website, you're leaving conversions on the floor. So install Drift, create bots, staff Drift. Okay, that's one. Two, we also see marketers asking sometimes prospects questions directly. Like depending on the space you're in and the intent of your prospect, give them a quiz, ask them qualifying questions, ask them about the interests or needs they have to create a more personalized, engaging and conversational experience. We've particularly seen this in like two-sided marketplaces. Are you a buyer or are you a seller? They seem very willing to answer that question. Third, we love seeing marketers infer interest or demographic or firmographic information from behavior from the visitor on their website. You know, for example, did the prospect go view a financial services case study? Perhaps infer that they're in financial services and show them relevant info in future pages. Or did they view a feature that's only relevant to enterprise businesses? Infer their enterprise. Did they click into a page for a specific role? You know, you may have solutions pages for this role versus that role. Infer and personalize accordingly. And last, last thought, fourth thought, we see great marketers treating their homepage like a landing page to induce more conversation. Like we're all used to creating one-off landing pages for different campaigns and targets. The best marketers combine all those literally into their homepage or some other high traffic page, personalizing that page for each unique visitor as you would as if you had created a bunch of landing pages to go engage and start the conversation. Starting conversations with personalization. That's awesome. And on those website pages, and as I come back to the website and my experience is more personalized, it helps me as the buyer have the noise be cut, right? I don't have to do as much searching. You're showing me what is most relevant to me. So if I'm in an enterprise, there's probably more security things that I might care about that you can show me or financial services. I don't have to dig through the case studies. I can see that financial services case study. So as the buyer, it really you know makes you come back and you don't have to do all of that searching. Couldn't agree with you more. You are genuinely being more useful to your prospect. You're being respectful of them and their time and their interest by showing them the things that are more meaningful to them. Buyer-centric. I love it. Guy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have learned so much from you and I am going to go back to our web team and make sure that we are doing everything that you have just talked about. Sammy, it was a pleasure joining you. I enjoyed the conversation a ton. Look forward to continuing it. Have a great one. Thanks, Guy. You too. Obviously, as the uh, co-founder of a website company, I knew Guy would know his stuff, but like, damn. He I, knew his stuff. <laughs> wow. That man was just spitting facts all, all episode. <laughs> I love when Elizabeth uses words like spitting facts because it's just... <laughs> it's not even a phrase. I don't even know. No, it's a phrase. Okay. You're in with the You're in with the Gen Z. You're oh, in with good. the... Yeah, no. It's I great. feel so young. <laughs> I totally agree, Elizabeth. I really enjoyed speaking with Guy and learning more about his thought process. And we are all on websites every single day. And I'm on websites in my personal life as a consumer. And he's a perfect example of how on a B2B website, we should still have that personalized experience and 
still have, you know, that experience that is buyer centric. Yeah, I hope the audience got a lot of takeaways from this episode to implement in your own website right after this. I know Sammy and I will be bringing some new facts to our content meeting. And actually, our next episode is going to be even more focused on leveraging data to improve conversations, which is something Guy touched on. So make sure to tune in next Thursday to learn more about that. See you next Thursday. Thanks so much for listening to Conversation Starters. If you liked this episode, please leave us a six-star review by clicking the link in the show notes. And hit subscribe so you never miss another one. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sammy Reinstein and follow all of our shows at Drift Podcasts.